Hello, and welcome to The Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to another episode. Today on the show, I have my guest, Jody Vettero, who is the author of Beyond the Banks. She retired from the corporate rat race by learning success strategies as a private lender in real estate. If you are a boss babe seeking passive income, this is another option for you. Jody is here to help educate you so that you can carve your own path to becoming the freedompreneur you're meant to be while being in the creation of your legacy. I love that so much. So this episode is another option for you to consider. Your life is the story you tell the world. And we are here to provide you some options and tools and motivate you to spark an an idea because even a flicker of hope can catapult you to great heights. So without further ado, let's hear it. Welcome to the show, Jodi. Hi, Lisi. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so grateful. Let's go back in time and tell us why did you leave the daily grind of corporate America? Well, yes, that is a little bit of a story, and it's probably a story that a lot of people who've gone through that corporate to entrepreneurship have gone through. It really was basically, well, mine was like, you know, had a lot to do with the fact that I had a baby in my mid-40s. When I came back from my mat leave, I am Canadian, so for your American listeners who might be hearing that um, I had my one-year mat leave... (laughs) I don't know how you guys go back to work after six weeks or two months or whatever it is. It's it's not right. <laughs> but anyways, I had my one year mat leave, and when I went back to work, it was uh, it was pretty difficult. My husband traveled a lot, and I worked in engineering simulations, so it was like being in university every day. You know, I was working with all physics. I was working with all sorts of different disciplines of engineering for you know the innovators in in my territory, Western Canada, and it was a great job. I loved it. I have a love of learning. So it was perfect for me. It was a little bit uh, over the top that, you know, a boss that came in that was micromanaging. um, He just sort of kind of targeted me, honed in a little bit and just started causing some pretty deep stress for me. And as a result, I just felt like I was running all the time. I wasn't enjoying those moments with my son. And it really, you know, we often are asked, what, what's your why? So what's your why, which to me equals like, that's the thing that's going to be your driving force that makes you make a move, makes you make big decisions, take risks, follow through, all of that kind of stuff. And my why really became about my son and not being able to really take on those moments with him because I was just so deeply overwhelmed with stress. And I came to a point where I thought, you know what, that's it. I'm going to, I pulled up an Excel spreadsheet. I put down all of my, my assets. I laid out my financial landscape on this spreadsheet. And I could see very clearly that with some restructuring, I could find financial independence through the strategies of private money lending, which I'd already been dabbling in. And at that point I was free and I, and, and then it really, the big thing was probably the biggest thing was, is believing in myself. You know, we get to a point where we're like, can I do this? And it's like the, the, the numbers were there. Everything was there. The logic, the, you know, the math made sense. And I was like, I could do it. But it took me a long time, like probably another eight months to really believe in myself in order to finally make that move and take the plunge and call my boss up and say, I'm out of here. <laughs> 
thank you very much, but uh, it's time for me to move on. So that was my transition from, from employee to solopreneurship. So when we hear about people talking about real estate investing, we're always hearing flipping houses, you know, rehab. There's actually a difference between what you do than flipping houses. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So with real estate, there are a zillion different strategies to make money within real estate. And you just have to kind of find that thing that works for you. Time, what your capabilities are, how you want to manage, you know, your money, how you want to manage people, all of that kind of stuff. So for me, I've done a lot of different real estate training. I've learned all about flipping, fix and flipping. I've done a, a small renovation in a buy and hold that I had. I sort of didn't really have the time to fix and flip. When you're fixing and flipping, you're going out, you're sourcing the house, you're negotiating the deal, you're doing all the sweat equity, you're figuring out what needs to be renovated, you're doing all the market analysis, you're managing the contractors, you're staging, selling, all of that kind of stuff, managing the money. Now, those people, generally speaking, do, do not go to a bank and get conventional mortgages as we know how to you know, go out and buy a house and get a mortgage from a bank. They always use what they call OPM, other people's money. And so basically, I act as the OPM for those active investors who are out there doing that sweat equity. I want to be passive because I don't have the time to, as much as I would love to, I do have a background in architecture. That was my the degree that I, I do have a design degree. However, being a mom, being on the, you know, I have the, the job that I had, I just didn't have the space to be able to do something like that. So yeah, so passive uh, private money lending is an excellent way to make double digit returns. Your money is secured on the, the title of the property um, down in the States, you call it the deed of trust. And you basically have that in your back pocket and it's collateral that you don't have when you're invested in the stock market. And it's, it's, it's pretty nice. It's pretty low time commitment. So I love it. Changed my life. So basically it would be low risk as well. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of, it, de it definitely is, I think, classified more as a higher risk investment. But personally, I see it as a lower risk because I've had the education, because I've really got the knowledge around it. And so to me, I feel like I have the same rights as the bank. If you have a house with a mortgage, the bank is on the first position of the title and you stop making payments, they start sending you letters, then they will eventually start the foreclosure process and ultimately take back the house from you. And as a private money lender, when you're on that deed of trust or on that title of the property, you have those same rights. So if somebody, if the project goes sideways, if somebody stops communicating with you, anything like that, you send them a demand letter, you give them X amount of days, like five, 10 days to pay you out. If they don't, then they're in breach of the contract and therefore you can start the foreclosure process. And ultimately, what I like to say is in times of turmoil, when markets go down, you have two choices with, with stocks. You can either sell them, cut your losses, or wait it out and get into hope and prayers that it'll one day come back. And But with real estate, there's a lot more creative things that you can do to preserve that capital. And for me, I like the idea of at least having um, a fail safe, you know, like having that, that extra level to do whatever you need to do to get your capital out of that house. So other than putting your name on the deed, how else do you protect yourself? 
Definitely the going through the due diligence process. There's a number of questions that you want to ask. You want to make sure that there's no red flags. If there are red flags, you want to either clear them up or if they're just way too red flaggy, then you just walk away. There's a lot of deals out there. There's a lot of people to meet. It's it's great to get into some legitimate real estate networking groups and organizations. You can meet people. I do have a program. I do have active investors who I invest with personally. And so you do get to, to know who those people are. And it's a nice way to get educated on what this all is about, how to go about it, how to create your financial foundation to be able to be a lender, learn very deeply about due diligence and mitigating that risk, and then being able to meet some of the people that I work with and it's an easier way to sort of dip your toes in, if I may, to give it a try with, and I always say, just, you know, start with a smaller amount and um, make sure you're comfortable. And then once you get a taste of it, you won't look back because it is, it's really straightforward. It's really easy. And once you find those really good active investors, you don't need to really even like look much further because they're just there for you to just continue to work with if you so choose. It's, it's pretty cool. You talked about starting with a small amount. What does that look like? Well, it, it really depends on um, where you're at. And I mean, there's there's lot there there are opportunities that you can get into with ten thousand dollars. There are things that you can do with a hundred thousand dollars, even hundred and fifty thousand. I mean, it really just depends. I mean, I started my very first deal was with fifty thousand dollars and I was in second position. I was kind of the rental money for um off of a hard money lender. So there was a hard money lender who came in and did, I think it was like seven. 75% of the deal and then they needed that extra 25 plus reno and I came in came in and, and that was basically my money and it was you know a minimum I think I was 12% annualized returns plus a, a, an extra point so there was like a little bit of a loan fee on there and they said we'll make sure that no matter what you at minimum, you'll be paid for three months. And it was done in a month and 11 days. And so <laughs> I made an easy breezy $2,000 in 11 day, a month and 11 days. And I was like, hey, this was the easiest thing I've ever done to make money. <laughs> this was so simple. And um, I just did more of it and grew from there. So um, I definitely dipped my toes in small like that. You know, and you guys have your, you know, you guys can do these self-directed IRA things. So you can actually team up and, and say like if, if one person has 10,000, another person has 50 or 75, and another, you can do these sort of two, three position self-directed IRAs in your Roth. You can do make tax-free money in your Roth this way, and you, you can loan it out and be earning. It, it's it's very cool strategy strategy to, um, to take a look at. I talk a lot about values in life. Do you have a certain money rule or values that you go by when you're investing? Absolutely. I have a set of money rules and the idea of money rules was introduced to me through a program I did many years ago, Laura Lagmeyer's Her Big Table and uh, out of Tahoe. And they asked about money rules. And at the time, I hadn't really experienced any stress or loss around money. So I I didn't really understand the concept of that. And it really wasn't until I had stress and loss around money that I developed my money rules. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And my the way that my money rules work is that first of all, I need to understand what I'm invested in. If I don't understand it, I don't invest it in. For example, mutual funds. I do not understand mutual funds. I have tried to understand mutual funds 
and I do not understand them. They are, I mean, I, I get the definition of them. I understand the framework to a certain degree, but I, I don't get the fundamentals of them. And when I read that only 4% of uh, over 10,000 mutual funds on the market and only 4% actually make money that, you know, I don't understand that. And it's like, well, how do you know, how do you choose them? And you know, why do you choose it at that point? And I've just never had success with them. I've had five different financial advisors. They've put me in mutual funds. I've never made money on them. I've always been confused at portfolio reviews. I don't touch them. I moved everything off of the financial advisors, everything out of the stock market. And if I was to go and do any sort of stock market stuff in the future, it would be me doing my own trading. I, I won't let other people manage my money in that way ever again. So my next one is, can I sleep at night? Where I got that was I was invested in the stock market and I wasn't sleeping at night during the 08 crash, like many of us. And that was really a big lesson for me. If I don't understand what I'm invested in, then I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. And I like to get my sleep because I have a five-year-old and I'm 49 years old. So I need my sleep. And then third is I need to understand what the exit strategy is. This is a really important one that often is missed by people, by investors. They don't ask this question, you know, what needs to happen to this project? in order for me to get my money back, my money plus interest that's been promised to me per this contract. And then if that exit strategy falls through, what's the backup plan? And is there, a, is there a, a third scenario, if possible? So you just kind of want to know the market changes, what's the backup plan? I mean, I'm, I'm in a situation, I'm in an opportunity right now that I've been in um, as a lender in Washington State with a really amazing, creative, active investor who's got a lot of experience. The pandemic has definitely put a ripple in the game. And but he's a comes with experience, knowledge, drive, and integrity. So he's doing everything that he can to make sure that his investors are paid. He has something in, in place and he has two other backup plans after that if this was to fall through. I know that it's gonna be fine. I'm sleeping at night because I know who I'm invested with. He's a very smart um, and creative individual that again has the integrity. A lot, of, you know, sometimes people would just walk away, right? You know, you want to make sure you're you're dealing with the right people up front. I think these money rules can really be about any business. You have to invest in what you understand, what you're good at, what brings out your expertise and your knowledge, and can you sleep at night? What's the point of making millions of dollars if you can't sleep at night at all out of stress or hustle, right? So I love all of those rules. Yeah. And it's really about taking control and taking responsibility for yourself. And I'm all about that. It's like, I wanted to be in control of when I left my job. I didn't want somebody else to be making those decisions for me. Um, I wanted to, I realized that I needed to learn what I needed to learn so that I could be in control of my wealth building and the money that was coming into the house. If otherwise you you just create excuses for yourself to like blame. And it's like, well, learn what you need to learn so that you can manage this stuff. It's not that hard. It really isn't. It feels the biggest thing is, and I know I went through this, it's confidence and trusting yourself and believing in yourself and getting that education. That really is what it comes down to. And when you have the education, we all hear this, the, uh, the term knowledge is power. And when you have that knowledge, then you can go out and you can have the confidence to make the decisions that you need to make and find the right people because you're asking the right questions and you're asking those with confidence and being able to really flesh out the deals that aren't going to serve you and find good people to work with. And you'll probably work with them for a very long time when you find them. 
And when I think of real estate and mortgage and all that terminology, what comes to mind is good debt and bad debt. Can、mm-hmm. you explain the difference between good debt and bad debt in your terms? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. Well, bad debt is obviously anything that is not earning income, right? So it's like anything where if you don't make those payments, they're going to come after you. And、um, it's like credit cards,、um, car loans, it you know your shopping cards, that that kind of stuff. And good debt is say, for example, you have a line of credit. Or you have a home equity line of credit on your home, so you you built up some equity in your home. You've got a home, and being responsible with that, like not going out and buying a car or paying off a credit card with that home equity. Don't ever do that. <laughs> like I mean, you know, I mean that is not a great move because what you want to do is you want to take that money, invest it into something where you can be secured. On some collateral like real estate, and say you're paying three percent or three and a half percent on that money, but you're making twelve percent, then you take the difference. You take the difference of that, and then you use that difference to pay your other debts off. And so, for example, I just made a, a big purchase recently. I, I bought a vehicle, and it was a big decision. I'm kind of like the girl that has the twelve-year-old car all the time, and I I put my last vehicle to rest in December. Who was 13 years old, <laughs> and so I sort of waited for a bit, and then I I really wanted to get into a Tesla.、Um, I wanted to go full electric for for a couple of years now, and I used to work for the the engineering company that Tesla uses all of our all of the technologies to sell. So I knew a lot about what. You know the Tesla and and how it was designed and built and the fact that it was built with the software that used to to represent was was pretty cool and and what I did is I had、um, some money come back from another loan and it was interest and it was significant amount and I thought oh I could just buy the car out right now with this and then I thought no I'm going to invest it so I invested it at double digit returns and so I'm holding on to that net worth and then I'm using the monthly. Payments that I get from that investment to cover my car payment and my insurance. So I put down a smaller down payment on the vehicle, and then I'm just covered. And I had a hard time getting my head around. It was kind of like the math for leaving my job. It was like, should I, I should I really do this? And then this is kind of crazy. And you know, we can get away with the one car family still for a little bit longer. But I'm like, but the numbers are there, and we can do these things. So. Anyways, I went ahead and I did it, and I'm all covered, and I'm I'm not worried about it. So it's there. And if I need to go out and get a mortgage because we want to, we do want to buy another property, but you know, buy another like a bigger home, and、uh, at some point we're in a condo, and you know, I have that as part that money that I have invested is part of my net worth. Whereas when you sink it into a vehicle, it's kind of like that's not you're not going to you know they'll, they'll ask you well how much is your car worth, but you're not going to get the same amount of value as part of your net worth as. As, as if you have it, where you just have it invested and loaned out, and you have a contract that backs, you have a piece of paper that backs up that you you have that money.、Mm-hmm. So, with your passive investments in real estate, how many hours would you say per week do you work on that? Oh, so little. I mean, I wouldn't even give it a per week thing.、Um, you know, it's this is this is the amount of work. Okay, so once you actually go through and get yourself set up, that's where the work is, right? Like with anything, it's like it's the beginning, it's the learning, it's getting the restructuring happening, and that that was definitely some work, right? You know, you have to I had to deal with mortgage brokers, I had to get them a lot of paperwork, I had to all that kind of stuff. But once you're set up and you have that money available, it's really just like. 
okay, analyzing the, the deal that you want to go into and then making sure that when you, when you commit to that active investor that you are going to move forward with the investment, you get a date, you agree on a date, and you want to make sure that you're available for that date to go and go to the bank or do whatever you have to do. And then that's all it is. You go to the bank, you get your bank draft, or you transfer your money, or you wire, or whatever the, the scenario is so that you can make sure that you have that money for that active investor so that they can close on the deal. Because if you pull out at last minute, that really is a huge ripple effect and the, that active investor will never work with you again. So you you it's it's you have to be responsible with that. So you commit, you move that money, and then boom, you're in. They send you the, the deed comes in a couple days later to you by mail. You file it. You put it, you put the numbers down in a tracking document. You know, you sleep at night, six months later, three months later, whatever the length of the deal you have to, you'll get a heads up. You go to the notary, you sign off so that they, you can be removed from land titles and then they can be free and clear to close the house. And then the money, boom, that same day gets transferred into your bank account and you look for the next deal. That's all, that's all it is. So it's not even a per week basis. It's like if you're in a deal for six months, you're dealing with getting the money the day of and getting the money going to the notary. That's probably the, the most work is booking in with the notary and getting that paperwork signed and that's it. So it's, it's very passive. I mean, you're really just... Awesome. Is there a quote that you go by? Oh, well, I love that knowledge is power. That quote was a really powerful quote for me when I first heard it. I don't even know who, where I got that from, but it's... It's sort of a, a common thing, but it, it really is because when you have that knowledge that you need, you have the confidence to make sure that you're in charge. You know, you can ask the right questions. You're not going in, you're not dealing with spin doctors, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to flush those, those out and be able to just have the confidence to really make sure that you're doing what you're doing. You get educated, get your knowledge. You know, if you're going to go into a deal and make sure you have legal, look over stuff. And it's very empowering. I use, um, I actually use Legal Shield. used it since 06. It's a monthly, you know, 25 bucks a month. It is the best thing, part of my team. And I tell you, when you when you get a contract and then you send it to a lawyer and they look over it and then they're reading the contract with the idea of keeping you safe, right? And so that's, you're their client. And then they're going to basically show you any of the things to be concerned about or any questions to ask, or, Hey, this isn't very written in your favor. You may want to change this. I mean, and then to be able to go back or just even say, Hey, I, I got to review this with my lawyer. Right. So, and legit people, they're like, yeah, go ahead. We want you to review it. Right. And again, that's just another form of due diligence. That's going to flush out those rascals if I may. <laughs> There's a lot of rascals out there. Anybody, you know, when you're people who get, have the, the charm and the, the way of raising capital, it's, uh, you have to be careful. You really have to be careful. But there's so many of them that are completely legit. And you just have to find those people and, and work with them. Thank you. Where can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've, for my Beyond the Banks Academy, I have, you know, you can go to jodyvetrel.com, J-O-D-I-V-E-T-T-E-R-L.com. I have a free masterclass, jodyvetrel.com slash free dash masterclass. 
and that'll take you to the master class and guide you to a consult and all that. And oh, I mean, I guess there's, you know, Facebook, you can look up Beyond the Banks, JV. I've got a Facebook page for Beyond the Banks. That's the name of my book. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Lucy. It was a pleasure. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Lou Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck, kissing overwhelmed goodbye, and living a more joyful and fulfilled life through strategic goal-setting and mindset transformation. It would mean the world to me if you subscribe, rate, or share this with a friend. And don't forget to join me for the next episode. Remember, there is always a way and more blessings are coming your way. For free resources and show notes, head over to lucylucoaching.com. 